When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's another mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. It's all mailbags right now. Almost doesn't open spring practices until what March 22nd. So me and Brad are just using you guys and your questions to get us through. Ole Miss basketball that season is over. Lost for the third time this year to Missouri in the first round of the SEC tournament. And before anybody asks, after Missouri losing to Missouri for a third time, I, I still don't think Kermit Davis is going to be fired. Everyone I've talked to, it seems as if he's going to get a fifth year. And Kermit, after the game against Missouri in the SEC tournament, was certainly talking as if he was returning. So as you're listening to this on this Thursday morning, I'm completely wrong, and I look like a dumbass to start today. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Hey, buddy, what's up? What's up, man? Been a little while coming off of a, of a fresh, hot stomach virus, two days down and out, um, honestly, but, but I always look at the silver line and everything and it's a, it's a perfect two days to get a good diet started so yeah couldn't eat nothing and now i feel empty as all get out so you know tough two days but but a nice start to a good diet you've been saying for so long probably like me my entire life diet starts tomorrow and finally your body just <laughs> said oh it's starting tomorrow it actually I, I wasn't like my it's- fault either usually it's my <laughs> fault when we don't record it wasn't my fault. Brad had the stomach bug, which can turn any person, if you're a normal or out-of-shape guy like me, former professional athlete, NFL player like Brad, it can put you on your ass. Dude, there's nothing worse than stuff. Like, I'll, take any, I'll take anything other than that. But, but, glad, but here's the problem when we get it at our house. It's six people, dude. So it's like it goes on for every two days. So you got, I mean, you're oh. serving like, Tell me so you've got a lot of bathrooms. Yeah, dude. So okay. we got through five. We got through five of us so far. So one kid is, um, I think, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they survive it. I don't know. We'll see. That that'd be the strong, the stronger survive there. As we're recording this on a Wednesday night, Ole Miss is beating the crap out of Alcorn State. Like I said, Ole Miss basketball lost to Missouri. Its season is over. What they finish? Thirteen and nineteen. I don't know how many wins in the league. Four, five, well, six. I can't remember a time in my life where Ole Miss was ever. Not at least, you know. Oh, somebody know. forgot about the Rod Barnes years. <laughs> I don't. Maybe I didn't pay attention to those years, but I I don't know. I don't know when I start paying attention to almost basketball. But always, I don't ever remember a season like this. That's for sure. What's supposed to be the expectation, in your opinion, for almost basketball, considering all the limitations of this job itself on its own? Well, it just is what it is, man. It, it's gonna it's gonna take. You know, I think we got the the facility to do it. It's just like anywhere else, man. It's going to take some uh, heavy financial support, you know, NIL type stuff. 
Um, basketball can be changed fast with about three or four legit players brought in. Um, all, uh, we, we witnessed Auburn just do it. I mean, Auburn finally dumped money into it, got a coach, and no telling what they do now to get players. But it can be changed quickly, but it's going to take a, an effort much like football um, to, to, to do so. So um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what, what that is or who does it, but, um, you know, until we, we pour a ton of money into it, um, I just don't, I, I think you're going to be a, a, a team that has a nice arena. That's, that's about, that's about what it is. Historically, Ole Miss basketball is just a terrible job. And I know Ole Miss fans are tired of hearing that and they see the pavilion and say, that's a nice arena and we're paying a coach 3 million a year. But as far as the NIL stuff and buying the players necessary to surround Matthew Morrell, or surround a Deshaun Ruffin, or both of them. There isn't that infrastructure, that support that you need to go get that done. And that's not just a Kermit thing. That's not an AK thing. It's been like that. Before NIL, going and getting players, cultivating a good base of support to go get the players you need has been virtually impossible to do because the interest just isn't there. Not on a big enough scale to support it. So I would I would agree with that. Like if you really want to see Ole Miss basketball take off, it's going to come from a financial commitment from enough people in the fan base, big money donors. Not even big money; it could be small money donors. If you're an Ole Miss fan and you got like 20 other fans like you, and you can't give that much monthly, but you want to give something, there are ways avenues to do that. If basketball is your thing, but football dominates, like it does pretty much everywhere in the SEC, but certainly at Ole Miss it dominates. It's a hard job, and I was told last week because I know there's a lot of uh, speculation online right now about Matthew Morrell. And it's true. There have been overtures from other schools, big-time schools like Kentucky. And fans go, wait a second, they can't do that. You're right. But everybody tampers. Everybody tampers. That's why it was hilarious when Mississippi State threw a fit because Ole Miss tampered for Fabian Lovett and Jerry Jones. Because everybody tampers. But anyway, Matthew Morrell, I was told by someone – very close to the program, who would know, it would be a surprise. It would be more surprising, is how he said it. It would be more surprising if Matthew Morrell transferred than if Kermit got fired. But what can you realistically do when a team just came off a 13-19? and 19? Yeah, I, I can I can certainly see that. I mean, it's you're right, man. I mean, it's just it's all about it, it's all about what you put on the floor. I mean, you can hire whatever coach, all that, but at the end of the day, man, you gotta you gotta have the the talent, and the players, and you gotta somehow create the interest, and that just takes an overall effort. You know, you're as, you know, you're gonna get out of what you put into it, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I just don't know that. I mean, I, I love when we have a good basketball team. I go, I try to go to some games. I but, love covering basketball; it's my favorite sport to cover. Yeah, it's it's awesome when when, when it's good. I mean, that's a fun fun experience. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of you know what what kind of commitment. It's just like anything, man. If we want it to. We could do it. It's just a matter. And when you of say we, it's like Ole Miss, everybody. Yeah, Ole Miss, Ole Miss. The, whole, the whole effort. I mean, you could you could go all in on it, but you know, it just is what it is. Ole Miss is, is traditionally been baseball, football, um, but with baseball, you know, being probably the most consistent sports in school. I don't want to jump to the questions until we talk a little Ole Miss baseball. And Mike Bianco has made a weekend rotation change. John Gaddis is now the Friday night starter over Derek Diamond. Derek Diamond is going to Saturday, and TBD. On Sunday, not Drew McDaniel, TBD. Um, you know, honestly, I, here's the thing with our pitching staff in my mind. So, you know, Gaddis is obviously experienced, a good starter. I, I, I like that move. 
But if you look at it across our whole staff, we don't have like a dude, like a dude's dude. We just have a bunch of solid pitchers. And I, I still feel like no matter which way you, you shake it, you're still going to end up kind of in the same scenarios. You know what I mean? I mean, if you look at it, I mean, there's, there's really not that one dominant ace. There's a lot. Of, I think we have a lot more depth, like you said, and we're just not built to be a, uh, a championship type staff. But, you know, I think, I think he's going to play with it. I, I would like to see personally Sunday put one of the freshmen there, either a Maddox or a, or, a, or a, um, Elliot, just, just, a, it, it goes well for the future and they're talented kids. See what happens. You know, they're They're going to compete. Um, you know, worst case you bring in, you can always bring in a Daniel or somebody else behind them. But I, I think you go one of the freshmen. I'd, I'd like to see personally, I'd like to see Elliot um, just cause I think he has a really live arm and, um, yeah, I, I think just, just getting that experience is, um, you know, is, is huge. See, I think because of that lack of a quote, dude, it's going to sound ridiculous, but follow me here. I think they're better suited to make a deep run because they have a great collection of really good. They don't have just this one guy and then go to who they can go to many different options out of the pen. And that's yep. a great thing. If you have a dominant pen, it might be anchored before the year started, even with all the guys returning offensively. He said, I think the strength of this team could be the bullpen. If your strength really is the bullpen, and so far it's been a strength, one of, if not the strengths of this team. That's a championship caliber team. The Braves won a championship because of its bullpen. Ole Miss can win a championship with this offense in that bullpen if it's as good as I think it is. So I think they're better positioned than other teams that had dominant front-end starting pitching in college baseball – Great offense and shortening the game with your bullpen is more of a dominant or more of a potentially successful strategy than just yeah. trying to rely on one or two arms. It's like it's like it's like modern day baseball. That's, That's right. kind of what's yeah. gotten to. And a lot of openers. So you have a great bullpen. I watched the Brewers do this because um, I always follow them. They almost made it to the World Series, and I couldn't name one of their starters. They had like one guy that was decent, but they always try to get the hater, you know, to come in and close it. But um, you know, it, it, and then when you do get a good performance from your starter, you're just that much deeper for the weekend because you have, you have a good bullpen. So you know, obviously you get a you get a five six innings from your starter, then boom, now now you still have you know you still got pretty fresh arms throughout the week. So I, I would almost personally rather have multiple good relievers like we have than than one dominant starter because last year you saw that. I mean, whenever Huglin went down, you had Nikhazy come in, you kind of knew that was going to be a win, but you also wanted him to throw you know, eight, nine innings or seven innings that day. Um, but then after that, there wasn't as much, there wasn't much behind them. So, I, I mean, honestly, you give me, you know, six, seven good relievers somewhere in there. And, you know, I'll take that all day, especially if they're quality arms, because it, it doesn't, you know, it, the pressure is off the starter. You know, you go out there and you try to get five good innings, but if not, you know, you got another guy that can come in and give you three, four good innings behind that. So, because um, there I, isn't I, like I, the dude in massive drop off to whoever's option two, three, four, five. Yeah, I, I think this is a, everybody just kind of has like their own little like you know talent. In my opinion, I mean, it's not like you don't have just that one dominant guy. I mean, even Gaddis, I think he's good, but he's not. He's not you know what almost is typically. Has. Yeah, but he's for a, three or four solid. innings, he's really freaking good. Right. Yeah. And for Derek Diamond, until he gets through the lineup for a third time, he's really good. He's really solid. So you use all of these guys two, three innings apiece and cover nine. That's modern baseball. You really, if you look at it statistically, even with like studs with Doug Nikhazy, Gunnar Hoagland, pick your stud. A lot of those guys, most of those guys, the majority of those guys struggle the third time through the order. 
It's this talking point in baseball. He struggles the third time through the order. Well, all pitchers do. Why? Because they get fatigued. They throw how many pitches? So if you can set up your staff, especially in college baseball, in a season of small samples, if you can set up your staff to go three with John Gaddis, three with Hunter Elliott, three with Brandon Johnson, all those guys can do that. You have a lot of options like that. And maybe Brandon Johnson, of course, Brandon Johnson can't go nine innings. But Brandon Johnson can go really three really good innings with plus-plus stuff. Jack Doherty. Is Jack Doherty a nine-inning guy? Is he Doug Nikhazy? Is he Gunnar Hoagland? No. But for three, four innings, the results aren't going to be all that much different in terms of what he's going to bring for his three or four innings. And then he's going to hand it off to a guy like him that for three or four innings. So give me the multiple guys over one or two. Give me multiple options. Ole Miss always seems to get to this place, at least lately, not always, but lately, where you go, who's going to start? I mean, last year in game three, they had to start Taylor Broadway, which was the right call from the bullpen, starting Broadway as an opener. It didn't work out, but he was the best option of what they had. That right there is a good example of why this group is better collectively than last year. They have multiple guys that could effectively do what Taylor did. And instead of having to st- stick with Taylor because you didn't have options behind him, I mean, think about this. Jackson Kimbrell, it took him so long to pitch this year. And he was in there quick. He was one of the first options last year out of the bullpen. Yeah. Now yeah, he, he's struggling to get pitches. Yeah. Guys like that all over the place. Wes Burton. They have a really quality arms, a good collection of really good rather than two exceptional. And that is a better mix, I think, or a better f- a formula. And man, I was impressed with, with I think, is, is it DeLuca that pr- pitched down in? Uh, Another good example. Yeah, Dylan DeLucia. Like he was one uh, when they signed him out of Juco. Yeah. They said he's good. he could be a front end guy. Didn't have a good uh, fall, didn't have a good start to the spring. But he comes in, he's an option, and, and you got him for a reason, projectability, and what he looked, did. And he looked good because that's what stuff, yeah. his stuff looked live. He was competing out there. That's just, right. just random arms coming in. We did not have that last year, just just random different looks coming in with guys competing like that. I mean, he – dude, I know he was – everybody was pretty excited about him coming in. I guess he struggled to start. But, I mean, a guy like that rambling coming in and, I mean, essentially just closing the door on him and compete the whole way. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we need. And um, I, I just don't think that we had that, had that last that's year. That's right. And, yeah. And I'll, I'll take that. I'll take a bunch of those guys, but more so than just a one and one starter. And we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, we could be wrong, but right now, I mean, it's, you know, the, the results are, are solid. Well, like Delucia is a great example. When they signed him, the thought was he could contend or compete for a weekend rotation spot. And he did compete for a weekend, weekend rotation spot, but he wasn't very good in the fall and he wasn't very good in the early spring. But you still have him on your roster and he's still toolsy. There's a reason why they signed him. There's a, there's a reason why they believed he could be a weekend guy. So once he did get an opportunity, finally, all of those things that it took him a little while developmentally, once he settled in at Ole Miss to get back to the player they thought he was and was going to be. And it's not to say that he's going to be like that forever, but those are the tools. Those tools played really well that day. They didn't need him on a Friday night. They needed him then. And guess what? Those tools showed then. They have so many guys like that, that once you give them their opportunity, some are going to burn out, some are going to pop, but you have enough to where it's enough options to where even if you have multiple guys burn out, flame out, you have multiple guys behind them. Last year they didn't have guys, and now they do. I think this team, I'm gonna say it. You want me to say it? I'm gonna say it. This is an Omaha team, man. If they don't make it to Omaha, Mike has no excuse. With how they're constructed, bullpen and lineup leading the way, 
is a slam dunk Omaha team, and Mike will have no one to blame but himself if they don't make it. We've wasted enough time. Let's open the Modern Woman mailbag to answer your questions. Before we do, let's hear from BNA Bank and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Women, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Open the Modern Woman mailbag to answer your questions. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. We're going to start with DM Harris 7. Brad, can you describe the way plays are in college? And the pros never playing past high school, they seem to be a whole lot more complicated. Yeah, I think it all just depends on who your coach is. Um, you know, some colleges have have coaches that have been the pros and and try to, um, you know, make it somewhat like a pro. But what you got to understand, though, you have so many guys in college, so sometimes that they tend to make it a little more simple, um, especially since they're coming from high school. Um, but that they try to overload you and, um, you know, that the, they make it somewhat medium. It's almost like easy high school, medium college, hard pros. Um, just, and, and in the pros, you have a lot more time at the facility to learn, um, learn the stuff. Even a lot of guys come from college struggle coming to the pros because it's just that much harder. But, um, yeah, I mean that some colleges keep it simple. Some, some actually try to try to do a, do an NFL style. Um, but I mean, there's, you got to be careful how, how intricate you get, um, especially when it doesn't require that, you know, so, so in the pros, it's complicated because you, because you have a lot of guys spend a lot of time, you know, figuring out ways to beat you and all this stuff. So it's a, um, you know, so much, it's like a chess match and, and you, you, if you, if you aren't complicated, you'll get out smarted out there if you, if, if that makes sense. But, um, yeah, it, it just it just kind of levels to it, and and, and just the, the biggest difference is just the time you spend on it in, in college is 
um, you know, they get time, but they don't get time like you get in the pros. It's like a full-time job. You're there from seven to six at night or, or later every day. Whereas in college, you go there after class at three and you get out at seven somewhere in there. So it's, um, they only have so much time to fit it in. The last thing you want your, your guys doing is thinking while they're on the field. So there's, there's ways to make it a little more simple. DM Harris seven, Ben, besides a new star Wars, I'm not a star Wars guy. I've learned that about myself this year. Or Star Trek movie, love Star Trek. Is there any franchise in sci-fi or fantasy that you would like to see a movie about? Yes. Game of Thrones that retcons the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, which were garbage. Rebel 2, what is Brad's outlook for the number of Rebels drafted this year? I'm thinking four. Williams, Corral, Campbell, and Brown. We haven't even talked about the NFL Combine. You watched it, and you had some thoughts about Jerrion Ely. Kind of rolls into this question perfectly. Yeah, I I don't um I'm not sure how many people get drafted. I think you got Sam Williams is probably going to be our highest pick. Um just just looking off what he's done so far. I think he's made himself some money and, and I, I said this before. I said he's going to run a great 40. Um and and he did. I mean, he, he just he ran an outstanding 40. He's just kind of kind of showing up the whole you know, the whole process. Hopefully he's doing well in his interviews. I think um Corral and Williams are for sure um draft picks outside of that. I think Chance Campbell, um, he had a he had a low key, unbelievable combine. He was top ten in a bunch of categories. Kind of kind of performed pretty well there. So, could see him potentially, and and maybe I think Ely has a chance, uh, but I think it's going to be later, um, you know, late, later than than what people originally thought. Um, my hope for him was that he ran. You know, I, I was hoping he was going to be a blazer, which I thought he was. Um, you know, going to be one of those four or four lower four four guys. Um, but if you look at what he measured, was he five eight or five nine, one eighty five, and then a four five five somewhere in there? He's going to have to really do it. He's going to improve that just a little bit at his um, at the pro day, which he'll be You're able to being do. On, nice on a hand time. He'll be he'll be he'll do better on a hand time. But I don't I don't know, man. I mean that that one to me is I've said it for the longest time. People were talking about all American, all this stuff like. And just, I think he needs. I think he needs more time in 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 college. Him and Snoop both, honestly. Um, but the the whole leaving early thing has always been for for you know first second round picks. But now it's turned into, hey, I'm going to leave early and take my chances. And sometimes that's a that's a quick path. Now he'll have a chance in special teams, all that. But I don't know, man. It's gonna it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I personally think it's going to be fifth round or later. Be nice. Won't even say it. But uh, what I don't even remember what I sent you. Just a dude. <laughs> well, that, no, 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 it's it's a jag. They call it just a guy. Just like, a guy. Okay, there it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I was hoping, I was hoping for him just based off what he measured and stuff. It was going to be a four three. So it's like, okay, you know, this is the because I mean the the film is is okay. You know, what I mean, it's not. I mean, there's nothing eye popping on his film. So it turns into one of those. Okay, like he's going to have to do something to separate himself because the the measurables are just you know, average, you know what I mean? There, there were not, there's nothing, um, you know, there, there's nothing that that's eye popping to you there. And he can receive decent, um, out of the backfield, but I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, he, it sounds like I have this vendetta against him, but that's I don't, I not just, what it sounds like. You've just been I've very been, down the middle about Jerry on. You try to be fair. I try to set people's expectations based off what I've seen and what I know. I now you fan girl for Snoop, but Jerry on, you're very measured. Yeah, but even Snoop, I mean, Snoop will, he'll have a chance to, to come in there and he's going to play some special teams. 
He's not going to be every down back. He he hits it the way you want to hit it, but still his measurables were were okay as well. You mean he's what he ran a four six or something like that? He and did the thing not, in the bench press like twenty five. Yeah, so so he's going to check out as a, maybe a late round guy. That let's hey, do it this way. Let's do it this way. Snoop Connor, Jag or not? Yeah, he's just a guy. He, he all, right, all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Dontario yeah, Drummond. He's he's there's nothing elite about him, but he he, he had a bad be, combine. I hate to say it, he did. It's bad combine. Yeah, it do. When, when you're a Jag, I mean, most majority of people are that. Like there's. They're going to have to come in and and earn the earn the spot. That the guys that go out there and run four twos now that's they have like a, an elite trait. But when you go in there and you test right at the average for everything, what separates you? What's going to have to separate you is you're going to have to go get the chance. You're going to convince somebody to draft you, um, based off of you know whatever film, whatever. And Which is hard enough. It's hardy hard enough. And then when you go in there, you know uh, you're going to have to do something to separate yourself. And that's you're gonna have to go out there and ball out, like, and, and that's you know it, it's just that's just the way it goes. So you know now Chance Campbell honestly had a better combine than I would have ever expected. Me like, too. Yeah, he kind of did. He kind of did some stuff that was that may have may have put him on on the radar a little more because because what's funny is his film checks out, and I guarantee the scouts did not have him penciled in as hey this elite athlete. And they had kinda, him as a jag, and then he improved his stock. Yeah. Yeah, he had he improved his stock, so he's one of those guys you can be like, okay, fourth round, here comes here's chance. You know, what I mean, something like that. As when you expected him not to be. Now, I don't I don't know. It all depends on what teams like. After the first three rounds, dude, it's a it's a crapshoot. It's all like, okay, I'm looking for toolsy guys. Okay, this guy ran four two, cool. I'll put him. I'll get him in the fourth round. You know, or or hey, this guy is you know got this elite trait that we're looking for that fits our defense. I'll take him. He's a six two corner. Like it just this stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, the, after the third round, there's not a whole lot of, there's a shot in the dark on, on who, where people are going to go. We're already running behind. It's all my fault. Free to girl. Has Hudson Wolf had his second surgery? Yes. And will he be full go for spring ball? No. What are the coach's expectations for him this fall? Also is Trig full go for spring? I think Trig's full go for spring. Don't quote me on that. I'm not positive. What are the expectations for Hudson Wolf, Brad? Um, I know they like him a lot. He's just got to stay healthy and get on the field, but he looks the part. I mean, dude, he, he looked, I mean, he's, he's what you want at tight end. He's a highly recruited guy. It's just a matter of, um, getting him out there and, and keeping him healthy, man. So, uh, if he works out this spring and ends up being a, a solid player with trig, we'd have, I mean, I think we'd have one of the better tight end rotations in, in the SEC. I mean, that, that those would be two pretty solid targets that were highly recruited guys, you know, and, and having him would certainly help this team in, in a tremendous way. Sleepy Joshmo, if both of you were Mike Bianco, who would your 2022 Ole Miss baseball weekend starting rotation be? Um, I'd go, I'd go Gaddis, um, Diamond, and probably Elliott, just because I, I I wouldn't mind a, a, a freshman on Sunday just for. First off, we got we got a two talented guys that could do it, and secondly, just from from experience standpoint, you know, getting them some confidence, get them out there, and you know, they get a couple wins under the belt, and then it could turn into something special. Which I think Elliott it would would be a great lefty option for that. Gaddis, Doherty, Elliott, and none of them go longer than four innings. Ole Miss ninety four. How much has Sam Williams helped his draft stock with the combine? His stats as a three down front lineman this past year, combined with his forty time, seems like he should be a top two round pick. Brad, any reason he should slide past the second round? 
Yeah. The only reason why he would slide past the second round is if a team is not, um, you know, if, if they draft other guys, there's other needs, but you know, his, he's one of those guys that probably was coming into this draft was probably a, a mid round guy. Um, until they got to see the intangibles and see him. I mean, he, he dominated at the, at the one bowl he went to, he got invited to the senior bowl, which is usually a good sign and had a pretty darn good day there. And his film checks out. So what he was doing out of a three down was, was very impressive. So, um, I would certainly take a chance on him. I don't know what, how they're going to, you know, you know, ding him for the character or whatever, the stuff he had off the field. I don't know how that checks out. Um, but like I said, if he, if he did a good job of interviews and, and was very authentic with these guys and, um, you know, somebody, somebody's going to fall in love with him for sure. And I, I think he has, has potential to, 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 to do well next level. I mean, his junior year is going to be, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they look back multiple years. I don't know what they're going to say about that. Cause he did have the one year where I, I thought, in, you know, the COVID year he was, um, I mean, I don't know what the deal was. He just wasn't the same player, but. Um, this past, this past season, he, he really turned it on. He saw the potential come out, which we had been calling for that for a long time. You know, we, we, we'd wonder when that was going to come out. Um, and he, he put on a show and he, he played pretty darn good ball. So, I mean, I, I, I think he'll be the first three rounds. You want my Sam Williams comp? Let me hear it. Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, that's, I could see that. He, he's, he's much better shape than Demarcus Lawrence, so. He's a much better athlete than Marcus Lawrence. W Zimmer twenty five. What's the hardest either of you have been hit on the football field? Uh man, I got I got caught on a Russell Wilson throw interception down in Tampa, and um, what's the heck that dude's name from LSU? The the Alexander kid. He freaking uh, he knocked the crowd, which I, I usually don't particularly like chasing down interceptions because that's a lose lose battle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you threw the interception, you got to tackle him quarterback. That's usually on you. Um, but yeah, first off, and, and we can never catch the guys. Like if a DB intercepts a dude, like, I mean, come on, I'm going to, I'm going to sprint to the pylon as fast <laughs> as I can. I'm going to, I'm going to lose. He's going to outrun me about 25 yards. So that then you start the next drive over extremely tired, but yeah, that caught interception down in Tampa and I wasn't looking and I think K1 Alexander hit me like and just like cleaned me up. I was like, holy crap, man. I'm not running after any more of these. In ninth grade, I decided I was gonna come in. It was my first year of high school. I was gonna show out as like the first full pad practice. And Jay Kirkland, who signed with Ole Miss, he was playing tackle. And um I was on the scout team defense, you know, a little ninth grader, just really fired up, ready to play. And uh, I kept coming across really hard at defensive end, and he was running this play where he was pulling. Well, I kept hitting him really hard, and he was going, Ben, you need to stop. And I kept doing it, and finally went, okay, I told you to stop, and you didn't. I was like, okay. I come across again. This man picks me up and puts me into the ground. I felt like my soul was leaving my body. (laughs) And he picks me up, and he goes, are you good? I went, yeah, I'm good. He said, all right, stop. And I stopped. (laughs) Russell Wilson was traded to the Broncos. What'd you think of that? Uh, it's kind of crazy. It was a good move by Seattle though. Um, you know, Seattle's about to go through a rebuild mode and you know, they they all floated Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson, which you know, accounted for probably if I had to guess a large percentage of their salary cap. So, um, you know, if you're only going to win, you know, they had, I think they had a losing season. If you're gonna have a losing season and you're paying a quarterback 40 million, then Obviously, it's you know it's it's not worth the the return on investment there. So might as well go ahead and get some draft picks, which they did out of it, 
and um, see if they can they can find either a veteran guy to kind of fill the void for a little bit or draft a draft a guy and start over because. I mean, I, I love Russell Wilson, great guy, but um, you know, after they lost that defense, it just wasn't it wasn't the same up in Seattle. Sarasota Bill, does Brad use any market timing indicators like advance slash decline, CBOE equity, put call ratio, or sector peaks? Um, I my soul just left my body again. Sorry. Yeah, you, you like the fancy stuff. I like the stuff that, that makes money. But um, anyway, so the the indicators I like to use, so I use a, I use a um, platform called TrendSpider, which is um, you know, has all the charts and advanced stuff. But um, you know, I also use an unusual well. So I'll look at the, the call flow on options and puts and kind of see where, where everybody's putting the money. So it kind of leads you to believe, hey, this is either going to go up or down. Um, you know, I, I use a lot, a lot of SMAs. You know, looking at where, where the, where the stock's been, where it's gone, where support, um, where it breaks support, stuff like that. So KDJ as well. Um, yeah, I use a lot of VWAP stuff. So it's a bunch of, I use a bunch of indicators when I'm trading. But um, yeah, there's um, a lot of times I try to look at the call flow, call and put flow because you can see where the big money institutions are putting the money, um, and that that'll kind of tell you the story of where they think it's going. So, are you just putting words together? No, they're real. They're real. They're very real. Y'all laugh at me when I say aloha more because it's nonsense. He says whatever he says. Like, what was this? What Sarasota Bill, uh, do you use uh, market timing indicators like advanced decline, CBOE, equity, put call ratio, ratio standard, call standard, you? I mean, I'm just adding crap now. This is nonsense. Ram rib. It's called the financial, like, sec, like it's called finances and like the the whole yeah. business side of the world being that exists. You know what? Marvel you know you know what you know what you know what exists in my heart? Hogwarts. <laughs> Ram Reb, say Car Ramrod. Do you think Braylon Brown will emerge as the guy opposite Mingo? Uh, I don't know, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of good good um, transfers coming in. Um, that that's going to play itself out. There's there's a lot there's a lot of options there. I mean, you got um, you got a bunch of freshmen. Obviously, Brandon Brown was one of those last year that that are that are going to be um, competition in that room. I'm excited to see it shake out. Kind of kind of see what happens there. Recon Reb, what is Brad's opinion of moving Nick Broker to guard? Something you've talked about a lot. Yeah, I was the advocate for that. You know, I think I said I said this about two years ago. I said, hey, you know, ideally Nick Broker needs to be at guard. And I remember a lot of people were like, what do you mean? He's like the best left tackle he's been starting. But that doesn't always indicate the 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 body type. And and he, he was doing it for Ole Miss because that is what, you know, we couldn't find anybody that was better. And he was doing a good job at it but when you're talking about long-term projectability and stuff he's just he's better suited for the inside he you take he would be an average tackle but could be an elite guard athleticism so that um you know i think has more upside there his body's kind of built more for it but having that extra value of being able to slide out a tackle when somebody gets hurt you know is huge but if you put nick out there um, versus like an elite rusher you know and and, and with with real length you know, he would, he would, he would struggle. He really would. Um, you know, and that's a lot of guys would, but you know, when your arms are 31 inches, it just is what it is. It's, it's going to be, you're going to be better, better suited for the inside. So he projects there. Well, he knows it, um, which is why he decided to stay and put it on film because that's, that's the feedback he was given. Um, and, and he's, he's making a smart move. You know, a lot of guys, he could have easily said, I'm going early and probably would have went, you know, maybe, maybe late rounds undrafted but hey if i go spend another six months in college 
um, go play guard, put that on film. I can only, I can only up myself. I can't, you know, I can't hurt myself, you know, anymore. So I particularly think he's making a smart decision. A lot of other guys should have followed suit. Um, and other kids should do that now, but they just, you know, guys are ready to get out of there and, um, go see, go take their chances. So we'll see. Texan Astro. I assume that Deion Smith, by going into the portal, will no longer be involved with the LSU football program. No, 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 no. Until he goes somewhere else, he's still a part of the program because they would take him back. Would LSU take him back? Yes. Does he have to improve his grades to even play at LSU? That's a great question. I think he's fine. I think he's qualified to play at LSU. There's a different standard as far as GPA. If you try to transfer, everybody gets a penalty-free transfer. But the SEC has its own rules that you have to meet a certain GPA threshold to transfer from one SEC school to the other. So that's what the holdup is. So I think he'd be eligible if he stayed at LSU. If he improved his grades, he could go to Ole Miss. Rebel Rabble, I admit I doubted the depth of our pitching staff. Ben was right. The depth is there. What was that again? Ben was right. Feels like we have six to seven real starter options and then some stoppers. What is your ideal rotation? We answered that. And who starts the weekday games? I think they've done well with the weekday games. I like Jack Washburn to start. DC Reb 1024. Brad, oh my gosh, here we go again. What's your general advice to early investors who don't want to handle it day to day and are on a relatively short time horizon? So you're just putting words together. Five to 10 years, regularly contribute to ETFs and slash or boring savings accounts go big on volatile stocks thanks Nonsense. yeah if you're, look, if, if you're looking at a five to ten year frame um the key is to find companies that have good balance sheets um, a lot of people like put them in riskier stuff and that's good you can get you know higher returns but you can also take a big loss just like if you look right now the tech sector you know, there's a lot of a lot of stocks that were just absolutely slaughtered, um, you know, in these market conditions. But if you go out and, and go with the with the the stocks that have a good PE ratio um, and a good balance sheet, then then your money's going to likely be safe. Now, now the returns may or may not be be crazy, but they're, they'll compound over time. But you know, you just look for good earnings, good quality companies, and and, and stick it there. And um, you know, usually, usually at the you know at the end of the day, that you're always going to get some kind of return. But yeah, you know, good dividend ETFs. There's a lot of good ones that that have all the big big boys in it. And um, there's there's a bunch of different stuff you can do. But but yeah, just look for a solid dividend, good solid companies. Um, if you do individual, and then there's also ETFs you can you can put money in as well. DC Reb ten twenty four asks Brad that question, and then comes back immediately after that question and posts this question. Ben, do you think they will come out with updated Hulk storylines for the newer MCU? Thought first one flat out sucked, and one with Ed Orton was just okay. Always thought it was one of the best characters and plot lines of the MCU and could use a reboot. I think any and all new character and story arcs will come out of She-Hulk once it arrives on Disney+. Plus. That's the short answer. I'm not going to go into all the stuff like Brad talking about dividends and buy them. No. I think all the new characters and storylines will come out of She-Hulk once it hits Disney+. Plus. Rebel Fan 18. Number one, when an NFL team loses a player for disciplinary reasons, example, Calvin Ridley, suspended for one year, one full year for betting $1,500 on a parlay. The NFL is a joke with its discipline. Does the league help the team compensate for that loss? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think you own like a... Um a non-football list or something like that or suspension list and it, it the player i don't think even gets paid because it's it's a uh um, things just stops money yeah it just yeah it's just straight 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it still counts against the salary cap. I don't, I don't know. I have to look into that a little more, but, um, yeah, man, it's, it's a tough situation. That's, um, you know, but I, I will say this, I know it seems petty, but that's the rules, man. Like that's always been the rules. You don't bet on any kind of sport and they make it very clear. Um, you know, when, and when you get there now, the disciplinary is, is crazy how some of it seems worse than the others. And, but you just don't do that, man. It's in that, that's, that's, you know, told to you fair, pretty stern when you get there. So, um, you know, I, I more or less guess they're making an example out of them. They're definitely making an example out of them. Number two, during a football season, how difficult is it for a typical NFL player to turn off the aggression mode at the end of the day when you have to go home and be a husband and or father? Um, it can be tough, man. It's cause it's such a stressful job. Um, and you get, and you know, you're up there all day and, and you get, you're in the facility and you try to come home and just like do parent stuff. But it, I mean, it can be really, really tough. It really can. Um, a lot of it is you're just thinking, you know, you know, what game's coming up, you know, what, what you have to do. And you, you just, you, it's hard to, to, to get your mind to shut off, um, from the task at hand. So that, that is a challenging time. I would say camp's probably the hardest cause you go away for a month and you know, your family comes to visit you, but you see them for 20 minutes a day. And then you, you have this crazy routine for camp and NFL training camp is by far the craziest thing that, you know, time wise that, 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 that you do in your life. I mean, it's five to six weeks straight of 7am to 10 o'clock at night. And, and every, I mean, it's, it's the wildest thing ever. So when you come out of that, you literally feel like you almost feel like a caveman or something like you, you have like this weird, like you can't really handle like regular life stuff for a little while. It's, it's, it's the weirdest feeling. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that is definitely, definitely a tough, tough time, tough thing to do. Grove crew, Ben, what are you hearing on Corey Rucker? He's the Arkansas state transfer wide receiver. Let me look at my messages yesterday. I got texted from as good a recruiting source as I got quote. almost is about to go hard on Rucker. So, there you go. Are we interested? Yep. And do we prefer someone else as a wide receiver transfer? They take both Rucker and Deion Smith. Grove Crew, another one for you, Ben. Have you heard any names slash possibilities on basketball transfers? Not yet. Not yet. But hold tight. I'm working. I'm working at it. Dog Brewer, for you and Brad, what's the real hang-up with Chad Kelly not getting another shot in the NFL? Does he have that much baggage against him? Haven't other players done the same or worse things? Personally, I think he's better suited for quarterback in the NFL than Matt, and I absolutely love Matt. Seattle should absolutely give Chad a shot. Yeah, I mean, he had that shot there in Denver. Um, I don't know. We've talked about this before, but, um, you know, then you have the incident. I don't know that it's necessarily the incident. It's just a matter of, you know, time has kind of passed now, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how his shots went or whatever. I know he had a shot there in, in um, Indianapolis, but, you know, if, if they viewed him as a starter, he would be, you know, he'd be starting. Um, you know, in the NFL. So obviously wherever he's been, they didn't view him that way and it, it didn't work out. But um, I, I certainly was shocked, you know, and looking at him in college, I would have said, Hey, you know, he's going to be, you know, a really good quarterback in the NFL. It just, you know, sometimes man, it's about opportunity. It's not that Chad don't have the talent. Um, he obviously has a talent, but you, know, you have to have a team that loves you and you have to have a team that's willing to, to put you in the right situations and right opportunity. I mean, you look at an example, a great example of this is a guy named Case Keenum. Really good friends with him. But, you know, he goes, he's essentially gets hurt in a six-year whatever, goes back six-year Houston, goes kind of, I think it was undrafted, whatever, and a solid backup type of guy, kind of bounced all over the place, and boom, he goes to Minnesota where um, – Pat Shermer puts him in an offense that just literally like was designed for all his strengths. 
and he goes three and thir- 13 and three, looks like a hero, does this crazy play in the playoffs, goes out, gets a huge contract, and now he's just a regular backup back to what he was doing at the beginning of, of time. He's a good quality backup, but for that one season, he looked like a pro bowler because a, 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 a offensive coordinator – Found him, you know, knew he had to play with him when Sam Bradford got hurt that year. Designed plays for him, highlighted everything he did good, and, you know, he he has an outstanding year. That's what it takes. And, you know, some guys put it, find guys and do that for him, and that's why you see the great players that last forever. And then, you know, some guys just never get that opportunity. And he's just never gotten, you know, that opportunity to be the guy like that. So um, it's not always about talent. It's about, uh, you know, having someone in your corner and, and getting the right opportunity. Going to get right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Chinese Pharmacy, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year brings new beginnings, a fresh start. The slate has been wiped clean. And what better way to celebrate that than with a new car? Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place you should go, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from new and used sales to parts and service. Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listening to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in, and I cannot say enough good things about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. When you go, ask for Brian or Mason. They'll make sure to get you in the car that you want at a price point you can afford. And make sure to tell them that Talk of Champions sent you to take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. You can contact them today at 662-234-8000, East University Avenue, 662-234-8000. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. A new year is here. It's 2022, not to mention that spring is around the corner in Oxford, Mississippi. What comes with it? The return of Ole Miss football, Ole Miss baseball. It's a special time of year in Oxford. You want to be there, right? You want to be in Swayze Field. You want to be back in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Well, the only way you can do that is if you're healthy, that you have a pharmacy you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, let's go fast with a bunch of these because we've got a lot and we don't have that much time left. Because I only try to do an hour in a podcast because you don't want to hear me, maybe Brad. Maybe I should just shut up and just ask you questions and never say anything again. Let's do that right now. G underscore Ward 77. Over under seven touchdowns for Matt Corral to TJ to TJ. I'm covering recruiting. I'm sorry. Matt Corral to DK Metcalf next year. <laughs> uh, but the, well, the way that the way it's going with the, C- the Seahawks right now, they may be they may be getting rid of everybody. I mean, if you get rid of Wagner and, and Wilson, you might as well go ahead and start unloading other assets and get draft picks. So we'll see what happens there. NYC Rebel, predict the two deep at the outside cornerbacks. Are you confident in that position group? I'll let you get that one, Ben. Oh, you son of a – I'll say DeAndre Prince for sure, Miles Battle, and Markevious Brown, and maybe I'll say a transfer, a transfer cornerback to round out the four, maybe potentially Quincy Riley from Middle Tennessee, who's supposed to visit soon, I was told. Frida Girl, mm. is Jack Abraham quarterback still walking on this summer? That is very much in flux right now. He would make a good scout team quarterback. He'd make a good depth quarterback for sure, but that's very much in flux because of some dealings with Mississippi State. That has bled into that as well. CPC 0720, number one, did Brad play for Pete Carroll? If so, what are your thoughts of, on him as a coach? Yeah, you know, I played for Pete and, um, you know, he, I learned a lot from him. I really did. He's, he's a good guy. He runs a really, really, you know, fun, fun environment, fun building. I say that the the thing I learned from him that was, that I took away that was, um, I would say is going to last forever is I was always, you know, I came up with Bruce Arians, which is old school. Like, I mean, just, I, I love Bruce to death, but he's to the point. He's very honest. Like, old school, hardcore on you. And Pete was the opposite. Pete was, he only like, he believed in total positivity and, um, you know, coaching, coaching in, in a positive way. It was weird, man. When you messed up, Pete, like knew how to go there and almost compliment you, but make you feel like a certain way. Like you're the best. I, I will say this. When I took the field in Seattle, he had me believe in my head that I was the best left tackle in the NFL. I don't know how he did it, but he installs like this really weird confidence in his teams. And I think that's why the Seahawks have performed the way they have over the years and in all his teams in general is, and he don't necessarily always have, I mean, he don't always have the best talent. It appeared Seattle for a while did, but you look at those guys, they were fifth round picks. You know, um, they weren't the cam chancellor, the, the Richard Sherman, those guys weren't high drafted guys, you know? So, um, you know, he, he just does a really good job of, of like, like instilling this confidence in you and he kind of lets you be yourself. That's why when DK went there, I was like, man, that's a great situation for him. Cause he kind of lets guys be themselves, but he does, he just, this is weird vibe and like this weird, like he's just really good at, at making everybody believe that they're the best player and that they're going to win. So I don't know. That was the most confident I ever took the field. I, I, I did not have much anxiety playing, playing for him. Brad, was that fast? Listen, people are more interested in that than hearing about Hogwarts or whatever it's called. <sighs> Number two, what are the remaining portal targets players' positions? Uh, Deion Smith, Rucker from Arkansas State, Brub McCoy from USC, Mathis from TCU a little bit, but he's going to Texas. 
if you made me guess. Quincy Riley. I don't know anything about Garnett Hollis recently. Those are the ones I'd be paying attention to right now. Lane Any Saint, backs? Not right now. Spring ball is gonna spring ball is gonna bring Determine a, whole a, lot. New, a whole new set of targets, and I don't know if they'd want to take anybody right now until they figure out who's gonna pop in their spring. Because you're gonna have yeah, obviously you're gonna have some broken hearts of spring when they don't certain guys don't get reps. That's everywhere. Stuff. That's everywhere. Yep, that's that's including us. Lane saying clown posse, will you guys create a part of your show? I love this. Where you tell, quote, how full is your cup of Ole Miss baseball Kool-Aid and what kind of tent in the outfield are you drinking it from? Based on the Rebs' chances for Omaha, I definitely <laughs> tune in for the name, the outfield tent segment. I love that idea. Oh, that's great. That's great. We, we, should, we should do that. We should do that. How full is your cup today, Bradley Sal? I'm on my fifth cup of Kool-Aid. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oxford, oh, 1952. Man. Do you guys think we stay with the 326? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we're suited for a four down, um, based off of, you know, some of the depth we have, but, but we'll see. I mean, um, it, it seems like we're going, we're going to be, we're going to be going to four down, but uh, I think, it, but, but if you look at it, you're going to have a, so it, you got base defense, you have a, a sub package, you have nickel packs, you always have different packages and everybody has a base defense. But if you look at the actual percentages, which, which what we would do in the NFL, they would give you a list of what percentages they actually run their base it's actually less than what you run your sub so um yeah i mean i think you'll see you'll see multiple different fronts but i, I think you'll i think you'll you'll see his base in a four down that that's just my guess but i'll have to see it in the spring rebel six hey brad i wanted to ask you in the fall about your daughter in softball but didn't know how to reach you have you considered a travel club team my daughter has been with the same organization the last seven years guys start teams up at 10 under and eight under just about every year in this organization the head of ours is a former coach at Ole miss yeah so we ended up starting a a travel team a 10 year my daughter is only um eight and a half but decently talented so we started a 10-year team. Um, we're, we're fairly young. We do have some some 10-year-olds. We probably have four or five 10-year-olds on it. Um, you know, and like I said, there's always open spots. So <laughs> if there's anybody out there that has a, a beastly 10-year-old, um, hit me up. We got, a, we got a pretty fun team. Rebel Duo, do you think Ole Miss will take the quarterback that was here this past weekend for junior day? That's Chris Vizina. If he wants to commit or wait to see what Arch does first. If he wants to commit, they'll take him. Ox Rebel 2210. Who do you expect to primarily play in the outfield while KG is out? Leatherwood, Bench, and McCants. Sports guy one, what do you think the weekend rotation looks like a month from now? Gaddis, Elliott, and Doherty. I'm going back to my predictions from earlier. Bandit Diamond is not losing his spot. Like, no. the, why do you get that in your head? He's not losing his spot. He's the, he's like one of the you're only probably full right. players. I, I, I know, I know. You're probably right, but here's the thing: he's best utilized in the same way as Doherty and Gaddis, all these guys. But Gaddis and Doherty, with those four four inning outings, are better than him right now. Elliot is better than him, but him coming in at the fourth and going until the sixth or the seventh, I would prefer that when the game gets late because if he gets into trouble like he typically does after his first three batters, I can remove him instead of put myself behind the eight ball early. How does he go from, I mean, how does, how do you show he was like, he had a shoulder last summer. He's like 89. He's like 89 to 90 now. Yeah. I'm not convinced he's um, fully recovered from that shoulder. Bandit Sam 86, Ben, 
Thoughts on the new Batman, which takes me to Twitter. I think it was not Ole Miss Problems. Inboxed me on Twitter and asked me the same thing. Loved it. I love the practicality of it, the simplicity of it. And Batman as Detective Batman, the greatest detective in the world, if you read the comics, that's the perfect Batman. That's exactly what Batman is supposed to be. And I thought that Jeffrey Wright was pitch perfect as Jim Gordon. Colin Farrell as the Penguin was just a master stroke and uh, really opened up. They dropped you right into Gotham, fully realized. And I love that. There was no like origin story stuff. Completely avoided that. They dropped you into a fully realized Gotham. And that first 15 minutes was the best sequence. When you have these four different places where uh, crime is happening and you look into the shadows, will Batman come out of this one, that one, or this one? For 15 minutes, they set it up and he comes out and he does his thing and he's vengeance. It was the best opening to a comic book movie ever. That wasn't that was long. That, that was, was longer long. than the Arrow answer. That was long. That was, that was long. Okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Going to Twitter. Doe at OL Imstead Inc. Brad is a player. What was your least favorite year in the NFL? What was your least favorite team to play for? Um, My least favorite year was probably, probably my last year because – um, you know, even though I, I had one season where we had a really bad year, that team was like the funnest team I'd ever played on because we were, I don't know, man, it was, it was just weird. We were like a really close knit group and we were, we were really bad at wide receiver and we, we ran the ball like really well. I think we led the league in rushing. So from my line standpoint, it was a fun year, but my last year was we, we had went, um, to the first round of the playoffs and we made, we missed that field goal off the field goal post and we essentially returned everybody back. And we had these crazy expectations. You had Nagy came in. We went, whatever, 12 and four, something like that. And you know, all of Chicago just, you know, hugging you up, you know, patting you on the back. Just all these guys on the team got new cars. I mean, it was like this crazy, you can see it all unfold. Like I, I knew it was coming, but a lot of people didn't know it was coming. Like I, I could just see it. Guys were, you know, it, it, guys got way ahead of themselves. We had all these expectations. You know, guys were suddenly so cool and they weren't the hard workers that they were. And boom, we go eight and eight, lay an egg, don't score a touchdown in the first game of the year versus Packers. It was a battle all year. We got lucky to even go eight and eight. And um, that to me was just so disappointing because we went from being like, okay, we're like this, turning this um, this team around. And we did it off like good, hard-nosed work. And whenever they got a little success, it just, just didn't handle it well altogether. And, um, you know, it, it I don't know. I don't know what you blame it on, but it's just, you know, you, you, you were hoping that was about to be the start of like a really cool uptrend for, um, you know, for Chicago and for the bears. And, you know, I love that scene. I wish we would have, wish we'd have done it. Cause we, we, we certainly had the same guys back and could have done it, but I don't know the same attention to detail was there in year two. Hunter Kinneberg at Hunt Kinneberg. Is there an argument for Kermit to be able to turn things around next season? Personally, I just don't see it. Feels like the players play scared because they're afraid to mess up because Kermit will pull them immediately afterwards. I think the argument is you get Robert Allen back and he's a glue guy. I'm not making the argument. I'm just saying this is what the argument is. You get Robert Allen back. You keep Matthew Morrell from transfer and you keep Deshaun Ruffin. Those two together were really good. Really, really good. They beat LSU. Uh, they won some big games with those two kind of leading the way. So you build around them with some shooters, certainly at the three and the four, or get somebody that can play make with them because you just don't have that at the three and the four at all right now. Jamin Brakefield has to get better. I mean, he has to be a better rebounder. He has to be a better dirty work player because if he can't play make, then he needs to be someone who helps you win in the margins. And that's what Robert Allen did. So getting him and then getting certainly an impact big 
in the transfer portal. You need two, if not three, quality, every other team wants them, quality player along with Deshaun and Matthew Merrill. That, that's how you, how you do it. But do you have the financial resources support to get that done? Does a Mike White, if you hired him, if you, if you fired Kermit tomorrow and hired Mike, or you fired Kermit and hired whoever, pick your coach, but the list would start or the search would start and end with Mike and whether or not he'd say no. But just whoever it is, could that person do a better job in the portal, get those players that maybe Kermit hasn't gotten so far? I, I don't know. How do you raise money off of that? Is change for change's sake enough to spark interest and pay the money necessary, get the interest necessary and money necessary to get those players? I I don't know. I don't know where Ole Miss basketball is right now. I feel like Ole Miss basketball is an identity crisis because Ole Miss fans, and I don't blame them, you should feel this way. Your teams should be competing for championships. But the interest just isn't there with basketball. And historically, it hasn't been there either. So it comes back to... Is everyone all in? If everyone's all in, the turnaround can happen pretty easily, to be honest with you, because I think coaches are coaches are coaches at this level. I mean, look at Tennessee. Rick Barnes went from Texas to Tennessee. Everyone would have said he's a retread. Oh, that's a boring hire, and he's been great. Why? Because Rick Barnes is a good coach, but Tennessee decided to get serious about basketball again and pay yeah. the money necessary the, that provide the resources necessary in recruiting, not the pavilion, in recruiting – to do that, Ole Miss historically, not with Kermit, not with AK, just historically has not been able to do that. I'll just say this one story I got. I won't say if it's Ole Miss, another school, I'll leave it to your imagination. Ole Miss was going after a particular player, top 50 player in the country. At the end of this recruitment, I get a call. Somebody goes, Ole Miss didn't even come close. I said, what do you mean? The school that landed him. If I told you who landed him, you know. The school that landed him paid this amount of money, and then Ole Miss raised, this person says Ole Miss raised, the most money it's probably ever raised in recruiting before. Didn't come close. Raising the most money it's ever raised before. It's just a very complicated topic. I think everyone agrees. Kermit agrees. Me, Keith, you. 13 and 19 is bad. Yes, there were a lot of injuries and things that went wrong, but you just can't excuse away 13 and 19 and five wins in the league. We all agree that's horrible. But the turnaround, how does it happen? Well, is everybody all in? Because until Ole Miss really gets serious about basketball, they're just like, oh, Ole Miss should be competing every single year. Okay, I agree with you. I agree with you. Where's the commitment for it? What's the obsession with Mike White? Man, we got to do a whole different podcast, and we got some questions to finish. Here we go. Ole Miss Sports at Rebel Sports Talk. First off, Braves are still world champions. Yes, they are. That's why I haven't even paid any kind of attention to the lockout. Now for questions. One, do we run some two tight end sets with Trigg and Wolf? Kind of answered that one already. Number two, I feel very good about our depth at every position outside of maybe linebacker. So do we rotate players more next year, keeping them fresh? We seemed to wear, we seemed to wear down in the second half last year. Um, I think I think linebacker could be pretty good if if the freshman is as good as they say he is the Willis kid, and then you got Brown that came in, then you got Keys that they like. Um, C I think Seastrunk's other guy. Um, there's there's some guys there, and, and but we also could, um, you know, if, if we're not particularly deep at linebacker, there's there's other ways to you know, you know, since I think secondary is going to be still one of our strengths, there's other ways to 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 have a Springer tight role to bring him down the box. So. You know, the, the modern-day linebacker depth, you know, really if you got one, two good linebackers, you can kind of get by. 
Antonio Batista at PD underscore Batista, best potential landing spot. I feel like we get this every week, but I love it because it changes. Best potential landing spot for Corral now and why CBS came out with this most recent mock. They had him going to the Titans. That was a first. So where do you think is the perfect landing spot? Best potential landing spot and why? Yeah, uh, Russ I, I, is now a Bronco. It's, it's just changed. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It, it all it's all going to depend on you know what happens in free agency, what happens in in you know earlier in the draft. I mean, there's it's so hard to predict this stuff, man, because you don't know what trades are going to happen and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, free agency is going to going to going to tell you. I mean, the mock draft will change after that as well. So, um, yeah, man, it's just it, it's it's really hard to tell, honestly. DH do at DH do eleven. Why do we not see Jack Doherty in a bigger role? That's a great question. Hashtag, let's make it a hashtag. Free JFD. What does JFD mean? Jack freaking Doherty. What's he doing? Is he doing some of the, is he hanging out in the same places that Leatherwood is or something? Because I don't know. You're right. Where is he at? And, you know, him and Leatherwood have this, this odd ability not to see the field a lot. Hashtag free JFD. John Miller at John Miller 7777. What's your reaction to Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back? I have not watched wrestling in years. This is the one thing that could have pulled me back to watch some wrestling. So what do I think? I think that I will be glued to my television, if not going to WrestleMania, because once the glass breaks, I'm going to mark out incredibly hard. He hasn't wrestled in 19 years. And I'm still losing it at 35. It's pathetic. Major League idiot, a true rebel underscore 99. Can Derek Diamond be fixed or is he who he is at this point? I think he kind of is who he is at this point. What about you? Yeah, very similar. Um, he, he, he just, yeah, just kind of is what it is. I mean, he just, he's just, he's an average pitcher. Just, a, just, a, he got some good tools, got, got, um, you know, some some stuff but it's just he's just not not a dominant guy that fastball used to be 92 93 that fastball was like 97 yeah i yeah 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 (laughs) he steadily dips since he got here yeah i was like oh my goodness this dude's about to be unreal but then like Derek diamond and i don't want to you know put him in any bad light but Derek diamond is like I say you got Derek Diamond, Cody Satterwhite, David Goforth. I mean, they're all like they're good players. They had a high expectation for them. But they just ended up being just just a player, just a know? jag, just a just a guy, a baseball player. Like there's nothing bad against him. He's just you know he's he's gonna he's gonna do good. And he's gonna do bad. I'm he's telling gonna, you, I'm good. not convinced that he's fully healthy. Freddie Fridgewater at Teddy B sixty seven. Will you guys ever consider putting on a YouTube version of the pod? Uh, what's the YouTuber? Is that like where you can see live? Yeah, you can see us live. They can call do in. You, do you want to be on screen next to me? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, what did you expect me to say? Oh, yeah, man. Let me put my redheaded pale ass in front of God and everybody. Dude, we've been talking about that for a long time. We have, man. It's because I live in a different town. So that's the only problem is that I just can't go over to Brad's house every other night and do this or i guess we could do it well you really don't need to be at each other's house i don't know we'll see okay last one john miller at john miller 7777 brad who was your favorite teammate when you played at ole miss and why uh favorite teammate i'm gonna have to say bobby massey just because i mean we played tackle together we you know we were on some really good teams together 
and then we were on a really bad team together. So we have been through a lot that we played in the NFL together all those years. So, you know, all in all, we played nine football seasons together. That's a lot of time to spend with one person on the same line. So um, I would say he's probably my favorite overall teammate. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. As we're wrapping up, Jack Doherty will start Sunday for Ole Miss Baseball. JFD. They hashtag freed JFD. I can't wait, dude. I can't I can't wait to see his mouth. Like when the game's over, he's gonna have to ice his neck. Cause he just like clenches his mouth and neck so many times. It's gonna be great. I'm he's gonna break some souls. Turn yeah. him into horcruxes like how Lord is, Voldemort. How is ULM any good or? I don't know, man. I cover recruiting now. Oh, man. Just a recruiting guy. You just hide in the bushes and watch 16-year-old. This is great. Hey, man. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, can I talk to you for a second, man? Been talk <laughs> of champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Now, right for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and foodofon3.com. Thank you, buddy. I'll see you later. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy.